Hello, friends. This is Reverend Karen Weiss, and I am recording this Christmas Eve message um, at my home. I'm sorry that we weren't able to be in person with the um, with the parking lot as as icy as it was. We thought it would be best to let it uh, melt in the coming days and have you all stay safe at home or wherever you are enjoying your holiday. Um, this weekend. And a couple of notes, um, because we're not meeting in person, uh, I wanted to give you the hymns that we were going to sing. So if you want to go on the YouTube or your streaming service, you can um, sing along with them. Uh, so we would have done Hark the Herald Angels Sing, He is Born, and Silent Night. Um, and then tomorrow morning, our last hymn would have been Go Tell It on the Mountain. And so you can. Feel free to listen to any of the versions of Go Tell It on the Mountain um, that you'd like, bluegrass, country, hard rock, you know, whatever it might be, um, and celebrate that Jesus is here. Um, so we're, I'm glad to have you listening and hope that you have had a lovely Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, so we're, we're just going to jump right in. Um, the, and I'm going to read the scripture, uh, this time, as opposed to just record the sermon. Um, so if you want to follow along, it is Isaiah chapter nine verses two through, um, two through seven, and then Luke chapter two verses one through 20. So here we go. Isaiah chapter nine. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And Luke chapter two, verses one through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom, on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So usually I start off with a question, um, but there's no one really here to answer. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting for me. But uh, for those of you who don't know, I work in retail um, in, a, in a candy store in December and generally the month or three weeks before Easter. and. In doing that, I get to see the best and the worst of humanity and everything in between. And what I've noticed, especially this year, this, um, this December, is that traditions matter to a lot of people. And it's interesting to see what, what traditions are important. Um, We've had people come in and, you know, say that they came in specifically because they heard their daughters talking about how they loved it when mom would get them chocolate covered pretzels and they didn't get chocolate covered pretzels last year. So the mom came in specifically to get her 20 something daughters chocolate covered pretzels. Um, it's things like that uh, where people share a little bit of their story that I've heard that traditions really, really matter um, to some people. And then another thing I've noticed is that some people aren't planners at all. Um, they don't think ahead. They come in and order literally 20 boxes of chocolate um, that need to be made from the back case. And they just wait. And, and the thing about it is though, they're content with waiting. Um, but yeah, uh, they don't, you know, coming in three days before Christmas and, and hoping to find, you know, chocolate covered Oreos with the Christmas sprinkles or, um, the clear toy candy, which I'm not a fan of, but people apparently love it. And, you know, we sell out every year really early. Um, you've got to come early for this kind of stuff. 
And then the other thing I've noticed that there are some people that are very high maintenance and very particular. Um, they come in with a list and they go through their list. And some people are even so particular that they tell the person putting the chocolate in the box how they want it arranged. Um, like I said, I get to see the best and worst of humanity and everything in between. And whether we're listening to the passage from Isaiah in chapter nine, or we're hearing about baby Jesus coming to us in a manger, there was the best and worst of humanity happening all at once. Um, and Christmas is one of those seasons, we'll call it, uh, that in many ways is about showing love. Um, some people have a love language of giving gifts. And so oftentimes they're the particular ones that come in to the candy store and know exactly what they want because for them, that's a way of showing love. And in other people, um, it seems like there's just such a frenzy about it um, that I can tell who's listening to the, the cultural message of more, go buy stuff. This is how, you know, you show your love or one more gift and life will be perfect. Or if I don't have the, the right gift, then um, Christmas is going to be ruined. Um, there's a whole lot of energy, it seems, wrapped up in, in Christmas. And in the hustle and bustle of shopping, of decorating, of baking, I can't tell you how many pictures I've seen on Facebook of people making cookies. Um, you know, we can forget why we show love and have hope. We can forget the radical nature of the Christmas story. And so if we if we go back to Isaiah and Luke, who does scripture say the Messiah or our savior is? Well, first he's from the line of David um, in the tribe of Judah. Uh, he will be a king. In the middle of the Isaiah passage that I read, it said that this Messiah will be a wonderful counselor a mighty God, an everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Those are amazing titles. Um, and continuing on in Isaiah, it says that the Messiah will rule with justice and righteousness. And the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. It's no wonder that the rulers in Mary and Joseph's time feared talk of the Messiah. The Romans did not appreciate um, different leaders coming into power. They didn't appreciate resistance. And people generally didn't uh, resist the Roman Empire without it ending up in a bloodbath. However long it took, the Romans would outlast you. Um, and 
And so we have all of these kind of sayings that we take for granted in a lot of ways. But these words had a strong, not only religious, but political component to them when put together. And and as we listen to Luke um, and Isaiah, this Messiah would be a ruler, theoretically someone to unify the Israelites, to throw off this yoke of oppression. There was so much talk of a coming Messiah because people were so oppressed in the first century that they were, they were praying and, and yearning for someone to save them from the Roman Empire. And one would think that this ruler, uh, this person who would lead the Israelites and, th- and throw off the yoke of oppression, one would think that they would be born into power and status. But Jesus wasn't. Jesus was born to really poor parents, really, really poor. Um, They didn't have any money for a place to stay. They had to stay basically in the barn because they, A, couldn't afford it, and B, their relatives' houses were full. And the other thing about Jesus' birth is that it was announced to shepherds. Shepherds were literally the black sheep of of the Jewish people. Uh, They were ostracized within their own society uh, for lots of different reasons, Um, but they were so far basically put out of culture that they weren't even allowed at this time around Jesus' birth to give testimony in court. They weren't, they weren't almost considered people. Um, And we have this juxtaposition, right? We've got Isaiah saying, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then we hear Luke talking about this baby born to poor parents whose birth was announced to shepherds. It's tension. And lucky for us, God can reconcile the oddness of all of this, because in him, uh, this is fulfilled. Because God continues to tell us throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament that God is with us, that the Messiah, for us Christians, the Messiah came to show us who this God is. and. Our God, Emmanuel, as we hear regularly in the Advent season, is with us, all of us, every single person, the powerful and the powerless, the awkward and the savvy, the sick and the healthy, um, the rich and the poor. It doesn't matter who you are. God is with us. And at Christmas time, we're given another opportunity to choose God, um, to look for the ordinary miracles and celebrate the gift of God with us, to remember who Isaiah says our Messiah is, and also to embrace 
the tangible demonstration of love that God gave us through the birth and life, death and resurrection of Jesus. We're given the opportunity to remember again that God loves us so much that Jesus, God in flesh, walked this earth to demonstrate this love. There's no, um, to me, there's no bigger sign of, of desire to be in relationship than, than this in and of itself, this radical message of the gospel where God becomes a human being, tosses off um, a lot of the power and, and all-knowing and these kind of things and comes into a form that is vulnerable, that is dependent, and that doesn't really have a say. Babies don't have a say. And yet God came into this world through a young woman because God loves his creation so much that he will come to us because God wants to be with us. We just have to kind of open our hearts to him. And that to me is the good news. One of the many different ways of looking at the gospel. Jesus meets us where we are and offers us freedom. Like most things with God, we have a choice of whether we accept this gift. You can't buy it in a store. We can't decorate or bake it into existence. We can't hurry around frenzily trying to get everything perfect. This gift, the gift of Jesus, comes from the one who is ultimate reality and love. with chocolate, with, with decorating, with being together. We are given the gift of a beautiful and amazing Messiah who loves us so much that he came to us as a human to be in relationship with us. And so this Christmas, we get to decide again if we will accept God's gift to us. So will we, will I accept this gift again? Amen. Mm -hmm.